good morning, everybody. A couple things real quick before we get started. Um, as Rita was saying a while ago, um, Friday morning, and it was just on a whim, um, Lord just laid on my heart to to try to be a little help and encouragement for uh, the police officers at Boone. They're you know near and dear to my heart since I worked there. And so I called uh, one of the the uh, communication supervisor talked to her for just a second just to see if there's anything that I could do for them because of one of their officers being shot and um, and she said you know honestly nobody's even called us that they're and not not taken away from the two that passed away but she said it's just everybody's really focused on the sheriff's department right now so um, Lord just laid on my heart to be a little help so we just provided breakfast the church provided breakfast for Boone PD Friday morning from Cracker Barrel uh, so I appreciate that, and it was just a it was a whirlwind. I just made a couple phone calls to the deacons, and it it was a it was a go fast, really fast. And so I appreciate that. Um, and then Tabitha just mentioned that uh, Colleen passed away. Just must have been just recently passed. I was wondering why he's on Facebook during church. We're going to talk about that. You watching Ron, wasn't you? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so uh, another another one for that family. So just remember Judy and the family uh, as they go through the loss of another one, uh, with Colleen. Now uh, we'll be over in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter one. And by the way, it, just in case you forget, this is the last day to do the uh, grocery cards, meal cards for uh, the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home. Uh, seen, I think seen quite a few of y'all dropping them in, so we'll we'll gather them up and take them over this week, and uh, appreciate everybody jumping in on that. And we're going to do baby bottles starting. Is it next week, Rita, or the week after? Huh? Oh yeah, I forgot. Next week we'll start them. They, who's bringing them? <laughs> okay. All right. So. Okay, so, all right, so we'll start the baby bottle thing, uh, starts on Mother's Day and ends on Father's Day, is that the way it works? Something. So we'll, we'll have baby bottles to collect and get probably spare change in, and we'll start that up next week, that's always good. Second Thessalonians 1, uh, we'll be in verse, uh, yeah, verse 1 through 12 here in just a moment. So Keith taught on something this morning that I'm going to preach on the opposite of today. He preached, he taught on encouragement. And we need that right now. We need encouragement. I'm actually going to preach on discouragement this morning. <laughs> so it plays well together. And we're going to look at um, just the times that we're living in right now and how things are so discouraging for each one of us. Because, I mean, I, I can't tell you, it just keeps getting worse. It seems like when we finally start to see a little bit of sunlight coming through the clouds, another cloud rolls in. And, and it just gets darker. And we're just get, getting so discouraged. Just And it, it's not... It can be anything, and, and not just, it's not, I'm not talking about the church, just in life in general, we just keep having these dark clouds roll over us, and it's discouraging sometimes for each one of us, so, uh, and of course this week has been extremely discouraging for so many, and I just want to try, if we can do it, and, and find some encouragement through the Word of God this morning because of the discouragement that we're going through. This little poem, I love this poem. I don't know that I've ever read it here before, but I'm going to read it real fast because it it may not be what we call a Christian poem, but there is a message at the very end of this that I believe we can all go with. It says, I watched them tearing up, 
tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a ho-heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam, and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman if these men were as skilled as the men you'd hire if you had to rebuild. He laughed and said, oh, no, indeed, just common labor is all I need. For they can wreck in a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went on my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by a rule and a square? Am I shaping my deeds to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? I've made my decision. I'll start today. I'm a builder in every way. We can be one of two people in this life. We can tear things down. We can be a discouragement. That's what, a, that's what someone that tears down uh, like a wrecking crew can be a discouragement. That's, I don't know if y'all ever watched maybe an old home place or something like that be torn down. That's discouraging, ain't it? I, I remember watching some of the places that, that I grew up going to and seeing and visiting being torn down. And it's discouraging. But then I've seen people come in and start to rebuild or build something new, something great. That's an encouragement. So builders can be encouraging, and destroyers or wrecking crews can be a discouragement. Which one of the two are you today? Are you the wrecking crew or the building crew? Are you building people up or are you tearing people down? Are you a Paul or are you a Saul? That's, that's up to you. That's your call this morning. You can be whatever you want to be. We, each, each one of us, can be an encourager or a discourager. I'm going to give you the definition of, of discouraged real quick. It says, having lost confidence or enthusiasm, disheartened. Think about all the things that we hear and see right now in the news that's going on around us. Folks being attacked for their beliefs one after another. I don't care if you're left or right. I don't care if you're red or blue. We're being attacked constantly. Somebody's always wrong. No, nobody's ever right. We're always wrong, so we attack each other, and that's discouraging. Turn on the news, and it's discouraging. Everywhere we look, it's discouragement. We see on the news that those people that try to protect us are being assaulted and murdered for no reason. That's discouraging. That's extremely discouraging. And again, we've, we're having to deal with it right now. Husbands and wives can't get along. They split. That's discouraging. Kids don't like school. They drop out. That's discouraging. Keith was saying this morning, we don't see salvations coming through the church anymore. That's discouraging. We don't see preachers preaching the gospel anymore. That's discouraging. We don't see baptisms anymore. That's discouraging. Choirs don't sing anymore. That's discouraging. We don't sing hymns anymore. That's discouraging. Everywhere you turn in this world right now, we find discouragement, and it is discouraging. It wears you down. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, discouragement will absolutely drain everything in you. And we can't function as a Christian when we're discouraged. So we need encouragement. We need to go through the Word of God. We need one another right now for encouragement. Where are we going to find it? Well, over here in Second uh, Thessalonians, we're going to read here in a second. Paul's telling us a few places that we can find some encouragement. So between First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians... There was a lot of discouragement taking place in the churches. All these churches 
that had just started these church plants, these places where Paul had been and Paul had planted these churches, there was some persecution coming down the line. Persecution is discouraging if you didn't know that. Verbal persecution in the world we live in right now, that's discouraging. We don't have to deal with the physical persecution like Paul did as much, at least here in America we don't, but you know, some of these third world countries um, and some of these other countries, not just third world, they have to deal with the physical persecution, and I'm talking torture. I'm saying they're martyred. We're seeing people in this life right now still being killed for their beliefs in Jesus Christ. And again, that is discouraging. So the church was hiding and Christians were running from their, for their lives. And that's discouraging when a church has to run, when a Christian has to run from the world. That is discouraging. Because we're not to run away from it. We're supposed to take the gospel into the world. We are supposed to take the gospel, as Jesus said, go to all four corners. He says go everywhere. Go around the world. Go to all four corners. Go. He says go you therefore into the uttermost parts which is everywhere, you're not supposed to miss a spot, not one country, not one uh, 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 demographic. You're not supposed to miss any of it. He says, go around the world and hit it from all four corners and get the gospel out. Don't run from the world. Don't let the world uh, uh, push you around. He says, stand your ground. Stand on the word of God whenever you get, when you feel the pressure coming from the world. He says, stand firm, stand tall, stand boldly, preach boldly the word of God no matter where you go. But yet, you go back here and you look at Paul and you look in between 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and you see a huge influx of persecution. So the church runs. The church runs. Folks, I'm afraid, and it might not be long, but we may see the church do it again. We may end up seeing a church go underground. We may see persecution the way that we've never seen it in our entire lives. I don't know that we'll be around for that. But there's going to come a persecution, and you're going to see the church run, and you're going to see Christians run, and everything that the church does is going to be in secret, and it's going to be underground. It's going to be like China, to be honest with you. Everything they do is underground right now. As we face discouragement today, we're going to learn three places where we can find encouragement. So if you've got your Bibles turned over, Second uh, Thessalonians, stand with me just a moment. We're going to read uh, the entire chapter, of Second Thess- Thessalonians, chapter 1. I hope I told you all right, Second Thessalonians. And that had a head start on everybody. I hope you found it by now. Paul and Silvanus and uh, Timotheus. And to the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels 
in flaming fire taking vengeance of them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we come back to you, thank you for uh, such an encouraging uh, um, Sunday school lesson. Lord, it's, it is, uh, Lord, just to look at Paul and that conversion, just to look at the life that he lived and to know that you can take anyone and turn them around, how you can work a great miracle in someone's life, how you, through salvation, can turn someone that done nothing but persecute the Christian and turn them around to be one of the greatest missionaries to ever walk the face of this earth. Lord, we know that you can do a great works in each one of us. We know that you have the power to change us through the salvation that when we call upon thy name. And Lord, I pray today that each one of us, as we have called on your name, all those that are here today that are believers in Jesus Christ, that we ourselves are feeling and seeing a change in ourselves, that we ourselves are, are turning from our Saul ways and, and, and turning towards our uh, uh, Paul way, and which would be to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Lord, I pray that we'd be like Paul, as we've been learning on Wednesday nights, that that we may go out and, and seek the synagogues, just like he did everywhere he went. May we be the same way, that when we go out, we can seek the lost and proclaim the gospel, that we can tell the others that are lost and bound for hell about Jesus Christ and that saving grace that he gives each and every one of us freely. And Lord, I do pray for uh, Judy and the family today as we go into the service and they've just lost Colleen. Lord, I pray that you give them a great peace this morning. Lord, I know the woman has suffered. And Lord, I know now that she is... Uh, She's healed, and Lord, we just thank you for um, allowing us as a church to come together and pray for her over the past several weeks or months, actually, that she's been so sick. So, Lord, I pray that you would be with uh, Judy's family as well as they uh, go through another loss and uh, another time of discouragement in their lives. But, Lord, they'll, they'll find encouragement. They'll find it through your word and through your people and all that they do. Lord, again, thank you for your many blessings and your grace and all that mercy that you bestowed upon us. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So I took these three points from a message I preached months ago because I felt like we need to look at it again. Maybe we missed something. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. But we're going to look at the same three points we did a few months ago. Or we, I don't know how long it's been. But um, first thing we're going to look at is uh, encouragement can be found in praise praise i like praise i love praise i love praise encouragement is like glue the more you spread it around the more things stick so when you take glue and you put just a little dab of glue on something not a lot's gonna stick to it is it but if you take that glue it's just like putting down uh uh formica put that formica down you don't just put a dab of glue here and there, do you? No, you take it and you spread it out. And you better get it right because once it's down, it's down. It ain't moving. 
get it right. You put a, if you spread it out, everything's going to stick to it. But if you put a little dab down, you're not going to get as much out of it. That, folks, that's encouragement. Don't just be an encouragement to one or two people. When you go out in this world and you go to work, don't be just an encouragement to this little clique over here. When you go to school, don't be just an encouragement over here to this little, this little group of kids that's in your class. When you go out in this world, you need to be an encouragement to everyone that you come in contact to. You need to spread your encouragement around everywhere that you go. Be an encouragement to the entire world. Whatever you say, whatever you do, however you preach, however you teach, however you sing, you do it and you spread the gospel. You're spreading the encouragement out everywhere that we go. I'm going to go back over here to verse 1 again. It says, Paul and Savanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always. I love that. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Now remember what charity is? Charity is love. So that ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. That's encouragement from Paul. Paul saying all the things that you're going to go through in this life. Paul says all the persecution you're going through right now. All the things that are taking place in your life, in that church. He says, let me tell you something. You can find a little bit of encouragement in Jesus Christ. He said, you're going to find some hope in God. He's telling them, don't focus on the worldly things. Don't focus on the things that are bringing you down. He said, you need to find encouragement in Jesus. Find encouragement in the things of, not of this world. We find discouragement in things in this world. We can find encouragement in things not of this world, and that's heavenly things. So he's telling them, don't focus on the bad stuff. Focus on the good stuff. Focus on the godly things. One of the hardest things to do when things are going south in, in this life is to praise God. How much do you think Wednesday and Thursday, Watauga County is praising God? Very little. Very little. Keith nailed it on the head a while ago. He says, sometimes we get angry at God. Ain't that what you said? Even Christians get angry at God. I think there's a lot of angry people last week. Angry not as much at God, but because we don't have answers. You ever get mad when you don't know the answer? We all get mad when we don't know the answers. So there's a lot of angry people right now trying to figure out what's going on. So when life gets tough, when it's going south, when you're discouraged, it's, it's hard to praise God. It's hard to lift your hand up and say, thank you, Jesus, when you're so discouraged. It's hard to thank him in the hard times. It's hard to thank him when your paycheck don't cover your bills. It's hard to thank him when there ain't enough food in the pantry. It's hard to thank him when you can't fix the roof because it's leaking. It's hard to praise him when things ain't going good. And Paul's telling us, you got to, because he's still sustaining you. He's still providing for you, even though it's not what you, what you think you need right now. He said he's still sustaining you. He's still providing for you. It's not normal for us to praise him whenever we're sinking. I know I told this story one time before, but I, I like it. During World War II, in North Africa, so I don't know what country it was in North Africa, 
but the uh, the war was coming through, and these armies, the enemy armies, were invading, and and so the missionaries had to escape. They had to go away for a while to keep from being killed. But when they returned after the war, they were concerned as they were going back. They was concerned because all the churches that had been planted, all the churches that had been flourishing because the God was just blessing these countries. They was concerned that after the war that they would have jumped ship, ran away. They just let the church fall apart. But when the missionaries got back, guess what they found? Strong, thriving churches. Strong, thriving churches. Just because the missionaries weren't there didn't mean the doors had to close. God was still there. They didn't just leave North Africa and go to some other place and take God with them. They left, and God stayed with those that were left behind, and they praised him through this time of turmoil. The sufferings of war, it purified the church, and it helped strengthen their faith as true believers. Paul said, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. They distinguished themselves from other believers in how they responded and handled persecution. Church, that's what we have to do. We have to distinguish ourselves. And I'm not saying just Chestnut, though. I'm saying the church, God's church. We have to distinguish ourselves as individuals who rely on Jesus Christ, who rely on the one loving God that we worship right now. We have to distinguish ourselves from other things in this world. You look at the other uh, religions in this world. You have Christianity over here, and you got all the other trash over here. You got all this other stuff that's worshiping these other things. We're distinguished because we're serving a living God. Amen. They're serving, I don't know what they're serving, cockroaches and dry bones and little fat pot-bellied men that Keith likes to talk about. That's what they're worshiping. That, that's why we're different. We are what the Bible calls peculiar people. I'm okay with that. I don't mind being peculiar. I want to be different from the world. I want to. I don't want to be worshiping something dead. I worship someone that's living right now, and forever. These people over here, they can worship. You know, I feel sorry for them. They don't know what they're missing. But we are to be different from the world. We are to be distinguished from everyone else. And we can be encouraged in tough times by praising God in the midst of these trials, and that's what distinguishes us. You look at some of the great tragedies that's taken place over the past 20 or 30 years in this country. What has distinguished the church? The fact that we didn't let it get us down. You go back, I'll go back as far as 9-11. You think about 9-11, what happened? 9-11, people turned to God. We were distinguished. The church was distinguished. People didn't turn to worldly things at that time, for the most part. They turned to the church. People were going to church. People were turning to, to a higher power to help give them encouragement and comfort because they could not find it anywhere else. That's encouraging. What's discouraging is it takes a tragic event like that to, incur, to, to get people back in the church. And what it lasts, three or four months, and everybody went back to their old ways. But that's encouraging to know that people know where to turn. Psalms 106.1 tells us, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth 
forever. I like that. Forever. There's no end to that. Not one end to that. Second, encouragement can be found in God's promises. There's over 7,000 promises in the King James Bible. Over 7,000 promises. Oh, she can come on up here. I don't care. When she gets close, she'll turn and run anyway. She always does. Scared of me. Look at verse 5 again. It says, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing which God, or with God, I'm sorry, to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven and with the mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of this of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day now like i said there's over actually over 7400 promises made to us in the bible and i'm going to give you just a few he'll be with us i like that he says i'll be with you He's going to protect us. He's going to be our strength. He's going to answer us when we call upon him. He'll provide for us. He's going to give us peace. Brace yourselves for this. He will always love you. Can you believe that? He will always love you. That's just hard to believe, ain't it? How I can be so bad, how I can do some of the dumbest things in this world, and he still loves me. He still... Hey, let me tell you something. Those people that say there is no God, those people that have rejected Jesus Christ, they have, they have said there is no such thing. He, that he was just a teacher. He's not my Savior. He's not the Messiah. Do you know want to know something? He still loves them. Can you imagine that? What? How? I just don't get it. If somebody comes up to me and just, just, trashes me and tells me all the bad things about me that I don't want to hear that may be true and then they walk away I know what the Bible says I'm supposed to love them that's hard for me to do but those folks that throw Jesus' name around like it's just a paper bag in the wind he still loves them unconditional that's just seven promises right there. There's a, there's a bunch more in the Bible. To me, that's encouraging. When I read the promises that God has made us, when I read the promises in the Bible where he's going to keep us and sustain us and love us forever and, and that, uh, that his son is coming back someday soon to take us, when I read those promises, to me, that's encouraging. What's really encouraging is the fact that he has never broken the promise. Not one single promise. So now, here we are waiting, waiting on one of those promises to be fulfilled. Not that he ain't going to do it. He's going to do it. We're just waiting. He's waiting to fulfill that promise that he's going to come back and get us. No matter how tough times got here for the Thessalonians, Paul reminds them of their secure future. So no matter how bad things get in this life, 
We have a secure future. Boy, I hope I can find this real quick. No matter how rough it gets in this world, Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There ain't a thing in this world, there ain't a thing in heaven, there ain't a thing in hell that's going to ever separate us from the love of God. And to me, that's encouraging. To me, knowing that I cannot be separated from Jesus Christ, that I can't be, he can't never not love me, and the fact that, and I don't know a soul that would ever want to do this, but who don't love him? When you're saved by God's grace, you're going to want to love him. How could you not love somebody that allowed their only begotten son to, to be crucified on the cross? To die for you. That's encouraging. But all the things that we go through in this life, He's saying, you're secure, your future is secure, and that's encouraging. Yeah, we're going to sin, and that's discouraging. But yes, he's going to forgive us for those sins. Now that's encouraging. Not that we're supposed to go out and keep doing it. But it's encouraging knowing that he does forgive us. And, I'll just a little cherry on top here, he's going to forget about it. That's encouraging too. No matter how tough times got for Thessalonians, he's saying, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your eyes focused because the end prizes, it's something sweet. The sufferings, were, they were very evident here. He says the manifest token that God was working out his great plan for them. The manifest token. God is working out that plan just for them. Paul said over in Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I like it. He's got to have been from the high country. I reckon. For I reckon. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That, folks, is encouraging. That is encouraging. We tend to think... Cindy, stop it. We tend to think that the sufferings proves that God doesn't care when it's just the opposite. We think because we suffer, God doesn't care about us. When we go through these deaths in our lives, when we lose our jobs, when we have to take a pay cut, when we wreck a car, our house burns down, we think of all these bad things like God don't love me no more, He's letting me suffer. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. He continues to love us and care for us and provide for us. Are you still alive? Did your house burn? Did your car wreck? Did your power go out? Yeah, everybody's power went out last night. Sorry. But all these bad things that happened to us, are you still here? Yes. God still loves you, and he protected you. He's protecting you. We, we tend to forget about that. The way we act in times of trial proves to others that God is in work, in work in our lives. So when we suffer... And we come out smiling and praising God. It's doing a great thing for our neighbor because they're seeing the love of Jesus in us. It's doing a great thing for a community because they see that we depend on God to get us through. It's doing a great thing for our country when they see us turn to God in a time of need, in a time of suffering, because they know that we know where we can get our answers, where we will get our strength, where we're going to get our encouragement from. 
so yeah, when we suffer, it's the opposite of what everybody else thinks. When we suffer and we praise God, it's for everybody to see what he can do for us. It's to shine light on him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, if all, or in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He's going to direct our paths. Paul's telling the Thessalonians, I'm going to paraphrase this for you. This is the way I look at it. He says, I know you're going through some fiery trials, but remember God's promise of the return of Christ. He says, remember that those unbelievers, they will be paid in full by the wrath of God when he does return. That's Paul. He keeps on, he says, and he will punish those who do not know him and do not obey the gospel of our Jesus Christ. It's paraphrasing it. He's warning them. Keep praising. God will take care of the others. God will take care of the unbelievers. God will take care of the ones that have rejected him. God will take care of you as the believer. God will take care of you as the ones that have received him. He's going to take care of both. So just keep, keep on praising him in all that you do. So we can find encouragement and praise, and we're going to find encouragement and promise. And the third thing, we can find encouragement in prayer. This is the big one. This is, this is what we need right now. Prayer. Verse 11 says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God could count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of the faith, work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul prayed for the, the converts there. He prayed for these new Christians. He says, that word wherefore, wherefore, wherefore there in verse 11, it means because of all I have just said. Wherefore. Verse 11 says, wherefore also we pray always for you. That's encouraging. Let me tell you what's encouraging. When you get up in the morning, or I'm sitting out in the study, in, on Sunday mornings especially, and I start getting a random text message or messages from preachers. And it, they all start out usually about the same way. Lord laid you on my heart this morning. Had you on my heart, prayed for you this morning. That's encouraging. When you get these random phone calls or messages saying, don't know why, but I just prayed for you. Or, here's a good one, and you know, you know somebody really, Lord's really laid this on their heart. When somebody snaps a picture of your church sign and sends it back to you and said, I pulled in the parking lot and prayed for you. That means a lot, especially for them to come all the way up here to do that, to pray specifically for this church, for this church's members, and for me and my family. That's encouraging. That means the world to me, knowing that people are still praying for us. And Paul's telling us the return of Jesus will be glorified in the saints, and he will judge the lost. We just read that earlier. He's going to take care of us. The future hope of glory, it motivated Paul to pray for the believers to endure it to the end of time. And that's what he, we're, we're st he's still doing it through his word here. He's, they're still in, he's telling us, you're going to have to endure this persecution. You're going to have to endure these trials. You're going to have to endure this discouragement. But just for a little bit longer. 
just a little bit longer because he's coming back. He's going to come back. We're not going to have to deal with it anymore. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. When we pray, we get plugged into heaven. When we pray, we're connected to heaven. We're connected to the throne. We're connected to the Father. And prayer is like that switch. When you're praying, you're putting power in it. You flip that switch back there, there's no power. You turn that switch off, there's no power. When you're not praying, there's no power. You flip that switch on, you're praying, there's power. That's how we get, that's how we reach heaven. That's how we reach the throne. We can be encouraged through prayer and peace and praise. We can be encouraged. And we need that. We need those prayers. We need that encouragement. So, And I've, I say it all the time, and it's because I'm a firm believer in it. When someone calls you and says, I need the church to pray for whatever the situation is, that's encouraging to me because I know that the Lord has laid us on the person's heart because they know us as a, as a church of prayer. Y'all, as prayers. So when you get that message... It says, pray for so-and-so in the family, whatever's going on. That should be encouraging to you because God specifically laid to us or you on that person's heart because they know that it's going to get done. They know the prayer's going to get prayed, and that's encouraging. The church is not like a, an art gallery. I, I think I've said this before. It's not here to, to exhibit the finest Christians in the world. That's not what the church is. Church is... It's more like a school where we educate and encourage one another. That's, that's what we need to look at the church as. Not an art gallery, but a school. I guess it could be an art gallery because if Nat's here, it's abstract art. <laughs> I don't care where you sit. I'm going to find you. And just because you sit beside a deacon don't mean you're safe either. We need encouragement, and we can find it in our prayers. So let's be that guy in the poem. I'm going to read the last part of that poem. I made my decision. I'll start today. I'll be a builder in every way. Be the builder. Be the builder. Don't be the wrecking crew. Don't be tearing them down. Be the one building them up. Be the one lifting them up. Be the one encouraging them. Ain't that encouraging? I love that. <laughs> love them youngins. Be the builder. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Be the builder. Between this Sunday and next Sunday, a lot's going to take place at uh, back home. And so we just... Uh, and I'll talk about, you know, Wednesday night, we'll be back here Wednesday night. But I just encourage you all to continue to pray uh, for everybody over back home. Um, right now, the, the memorial service and everything is going to be Thursday, and that's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. I'm, hopefully, I'll be able to go see Preacher David tomorrow. Uh, it took me two days to even talk to him because 
it was tough. It's been tough. So uh, pray for Preacher David and his family, and then the Fox family as well. Um, and the the community too, as try to try to encourage and support one another the best that we can. But I tell y'all, man, the folk or the uh, the churches back home. They have rallied. I don't, they, it don't matter denomination. They're in it right now, and they're in it with you know just with God in the center. Everything that they're doing is glorifying God. They're going out and they're being with our officers. They're, they're being a, a support, moral support, spiritual support. They're helping, and that is uh, extremely encouraging. So y'all just keep praying, and um, we'll get through this. We've done it. We did it. Unfortunately, we've did it once. Y'all have done it before. It's tough. But uh, we'll get through it with one another. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning as uh, we close out? Well, that's good. Absolutely. That's great. Amen. It is. I love that song. Anybody else? <laughs> I can watch that all day. Keith, will you dismiss us, please? See y'all in the morning.